Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids! Problem solved. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Now, Peshat is the straight, plain meaning of the text. And actually, this methodology of interpreting scripture kind of developed in the Middle Ages. And this is the most important level of Jewish interpretation. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We've been commanded to rightly interpret the Bible. We're not supposed to gullibly believe everything we hear, but we are to study it, understand it correctly, live it out in our daily lives, and allow it to guard and protect us from false teaching. But what's the right way to interpret the Bible? Jewish interpretation has four levels to it, and it's called Pardes. We're going to spend the next four programs learning about these levels so we too can learn to rightly interpret God's Word. The method of Jewish interpretation of Scripture, as you said, it's called Pardes. That's an acronym for the four different levels. So Pardes is P-R-D-S, and it's Peshat, Remez, Dirash, and Sod. So the first of those, Peshat, is the one we're going to learn about today, which is the plain, literal, or simple meaning of the text. As far as interpretation is concerned, in in theological circles we call that hermeneutics. And in general, there are different levels even with regard to hermeneutics. The first one is actually called exegesis, and it's important that we get these clear in our head before we get into these particular levels. Exegesis is basically where you Take the text, you unpack it, you see what it says, what the words mean in its cultural, historical context, so you can draw out the actual meaning. That's the first methodology in Christian or biblical hermeneutics, exegesis. So I guess in practice, that might be a pastor that reads a passage of scripture and then spends 30, 40 minutes just unpacking it and basically working his way through and explaining what that passage means. Absolutely. That's the main level of hermeneutical understanding of the Bible. Then we've got uh, eisegesis, which is uh, the process of interpreting a portion of text using biases and presuppositions. This is often where we try to sort of push our own viewpoint into a passage. I remember when I was in Bible college, one of the lecturers talked about shoehorning God's word into you know, whatever we wanted to <laughs> that's a you know, good make it work. And that's really the way that that eisegesis yeah. works. But I believe there's actually another new, more modern phrase that's been coined in hermeneutics. There is actually, and it's kind of humorous if it wasn't so serious. Um, And basically this new term is called narcissus. (laughs) And that's basically because we Christians tend to think the entire world revolves around us, Mm. that God is desperately lonely without us, and he exists for the simple purpose of making all our dreams, wishes, and aspirations come true. So what happens is... We end up pushing ourselves into the scripture. So this is talking about me. Yeah, that's and right. the Bible is not talking no. about me at all. It reminds me of a quote I saw recently from Francis Chan. Someone complained that you know, they got nothing out of the worship at church that day, and Francis said, well, that's okay. We weren't there to worship you. <laughs> exactly as though going to church is just to mm. suit and move me. To make us feel good. Exactly. That's not what worships. Worship is to worship God. Yeah. It's what we do for him. Okay, so the, down to this um, Pardes, the Hebrew in, um, acronym for 
interpreting scripture. The first one, P, stands for Peshat. Now, Peshat is the straight, plain meaning of the text. And just so you know, this actually, this um, methodology of interpreting scripture kind of developed in the Middle Ages. And this is the most important level of Jewish interpretation the straight, plain meaning of the scripture in its context, the original meanings, and any other level of interpretation that you look at after this, if it diminishes Peshat in any way, you disregard it. You have nothing to do with it. I think that probably the most important thing was to, would be to have a few examples of what Peshat is looks like when you're taking the scripture into context. Well, probably a great place to start would be right at the beginning, Genesis <laughs> the beginning. 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Peshat would look at this and say, okay, the plain meaning of the text is that as far as the universe or the created world is concerned, there was a beginning and God created the heavens and the earth. Now, science would look at this and go, oh, or those who believe in evolution would say, no, what this is really saying is it's an allegory and God kind of started the process and and then over billions of years it all came to be. But the Peshat meaning of this particular verse is that at the very, very beginning of the created universe, God did it. Mm. The heavens and the earth, God did it. And that's the plain meaning of the text. Well, of course, the next verse then goes on to say the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And Peshat would actually look at that and say, okay, so as God created or began this creative process over the six days of creation, that's the straight Peshat meaning of Genesis 1, in six days God created it all, that where you had this formless void within this creative universe, that God's Spirit hovered and moved over this particular mass or emptiness, this void. God moved over that, and he is the one. This was the creative process that actually began the process of creation. Mm. That's the Peshat. That's the straight, literal meaning of the text. And I guess verse 2 is oftentimes where people do get a bit mystical, and they say, oh, well, you know, there was this void, and that's where the whole evolutionary process can Precisely. be you know, pushed into it. But I guess if we just read it for what it says, then that's the way we come to Precisely. it. Precisely. Remember, this is the bedrock. This is the pinnacle of interpreting the Scripture correctly, this Peshat, the straight, plain meaning. Let's go into the New Covenant. I mean, we could go verse by verse, but we'll be here forever. <laughs> Let's jump into Matthew 27.35, and it says, Now when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves by casting lots. Now, I guess the the logical mind just says, well, okay, they were gambling over his clothes. This is Jesus was crucified and the Romans were gambling over his clothes. And that is exactly how Peshat would look and interpret this particular text. There's nothing mystical happening here. There wasn't like some kind of symbology that there was the cloaking that was his humanity and then there was this dividing about his humanity. No, 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 no. This is talking about the plain, literal understanding that Jesus had been crucified. The Roman soldiers had his garments and they gambled for them to see which one would take the souvenir home. Mm. So that's basically Peshat. Peshat is this bedrock foundational understanding of the scripture. In Nothing is allowed to deviate or detract from it, no matter what the other levels say. Mm. This, is, this is number one. This is king. So obviously within the scriptures there are 
allegories and figures of speech and puns and all sorts of different, uh, you know, I guess, uses and genres of language. Correct. But I guess we can't just sort of assume that everything's allegorical or everything is a figure of speech. There's that, that the Peshat's got to be, you know, the, the first port of call. Absolutely. But here's where people can make mistakes and then think that the scripture is foolish or, or that it's not consistent. There is, um, I can't remember the verse now, but it says that God would cover us or protect us with his wings. And the argument is, oh, well, then you think God has feathers. God's just a big bird if you're taking the scripture mm. literally. But the point is, is that we know that there are figures of speech that where God likens himself to something mm. in order to communicate with us how he wants to love and protect his people. And he uses this imagery. We all know what it's like if you see a hen gathering her chicks. That's another one. Mm. But that doesn't mean that God is a big bird <laughs> or a giant chicken. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the door. And you only come to the Father by entering this particular door. But it doesn't mean he's a a wooden slab. Yeah, that's right. Okay, there there are a lot of types and analogies and uh, figures of speech, but the Bible is clear in those. And Peshat, the plain level surface meaning of the text, takes all of that into consideration. And again, God is not a big bird. The Bible actually describes God as a spirit. But when he describes himself with wings that's going to overshadow and protect his people, he's, de- he's describing his nature and character with imagery that we can see and understand, and that is how Peshat would interpret that. In the next program, we will continue to learn about the Jewish methods of biblical interpretation, going to the second part of this acronym, REMEZ. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.